0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Haunted Corner. I'm Ashton, and today we're discussing the Flannan Isles Lighthouse Mystery. This is a weird one, you guys. You know that I love unsolved, creepy, weird stuff. Well, this is definitely that. The sources that I used in the episode will be listed on the blog post, and that's linked to in the show notes. Let's get into it. The Flannon Isles, also known as the Seven Hunters, are a group of islands located off the western coast of Scotland. In the late 1800s, a decision was made by the Northern Lighthouse Board to build a lighthouse on Eileen Moor, the largest of the islands, to guide ships through the treacherous waters of the North Atlantic. The 75-foot lighthouse was designed by a man named David Allen Stevenson. Fun fact, he also designed the Tarbet Ness Light, which is on display at the National Maritime Museum. It was designed and built because of the loss of 16 vessels in the Moray Firth Storm in 1826 on Tarbet Ness. Now, construction on Aileen Moore was completed between 1895 and 1899 and included the lighthouse, surrounding stairways, landing areas and cable hauled railway tracks. Construction was not an easy task, since all of the materials used had to be hauled up the almost 150-foot cliffs from the boats below. The railway tracks were installed as a way for the keepers to transport provisions around the island, including fuel for the light, which at the time needed approximately 20 barrels of fuel per year. The railway was powered by a steam engine and the track wrapped around the island to allow items to be transported easily. The Flannan Isles Lighthouse was first lit on December 7th of 1899. Four lightkeepers were assigned to the lighthouse. They would work six weeks on and two weeks off, and there would always be three men on the island looking after the lighthouse at any given time. And this is where our story begins. One year after the lighthouse had first been lit in December of 1900, three men were working as the lightkeepers on the island. James DuCat was the principal keeper. He was 43 years old and had 20 years of experience as a lightkeeper. keeper. Donald MacArthur was an occasional keeper who was covering for the first assistant keeper who was on sick leave. He was 40 years old. And Thomas Marshall was the third light keeper. He was the second assistant keeper and was 28 years old. The off-duty light keeper at the time was Joseph Moore. Around midnight on December 15th of 1900, a transatlantic steamer called the Arctur was passing by the Flannan Isles when the captain noticed that the lighthouse wasn't lit. After the ship docked on December 18th, the crew reported the lack of light coming from the island, but this information reportedly never made it to the northern lighthouse board. On December 26th, the lighthouse tender ship Hesperus, made a trip to the island under the guidance of Captain Jim Harvey, and again, it was dark. The lighthouse was not lit, there was no flag on the flagpole, and the island was eerily dark and quiet. The captain sh- sounded the ship's horn, hoping to alert the lightkeepers, but there was no response. A flare was fired into the air, and again, no response. At the time, it was customary for the lightkeepers to greet the ship and leave a box of provisions for them, neither of which happened on December 26th. Joseph Moore, the fourth lightkeeper who was off duty at the time, was on board the Hesperus that day, and after there was no response from the lightkeepers on the island, Joseph was sent ashore to investigate. When he arrived at the east landing, nothing seemed to be amiss, He climbed the 160 steps up to the lighthouse. After discovering the entrance gate, the front door, and a second door all closed, he discovered the kitchen door open along with a scene that appeared to be frozen in time. The clocks had stopped ticking. The kitchen table was set for a meal that hadn't been finished, and a chair was overturned as if someone left in a hurry. The fireplace looked like it hadn't been used in several days, and the only sign of life was a canary that was left in a cage. As Joseph made his way through the lightkeeper's quarters, he found the beds empty, just as they had been left that morning. So, red flags are going up for poor Joseph at this point, and he returned to the Hesperus to report what he had discovered. Joseph and two other sailors then returned to the lighthouse to investigate further. They found that the light was in working order, but there was no evidence of the missing men. Inside the lighthouse, they found oil skins, which were used as protection against the rough northern weather. This brought up the thought that one of the keepers must have run from the lighthouse during the storm without his rain gear. At this point, Joseph Moore and the three others were left on the island to operate the lighthouse while the Hesperus went back to send word to the northern lighthouse board of the three missing men. While Joseph and the others remained on the island, they continued to search for clues for anything that would tell them what happened to the missing light keepers. During their search, they discovered the West boat landing was damaged and a box that had been holding tackle and ropes was missing. The ropes were found strewn about the rocks and the iron railings around the landing were broken, bent or missing completely. But this information was already detailed in the keeper's logbook, which means that it was not directly related to the missing light keepers. Another item that was noticed to be missing was a life buoy that had been kept along the railings, a casual 110 feet above sea level. Um, so while performing the search of the island, and the items remaining in the lighthouse, Joseph was able to determine exactly what the three missing lightkeepers were wearing at the time of their disappearance. Donald MacArthur had left behind his only coat, so he took off into the coastal air of Scotland in December without a coat. Again, red flag. Joseph also came across the logs from the days leading up to the disappearance of the lightkeepers. The last entry was from December 13th of 1900, with smaller notes on December 14th and 15th, describing the atmospheric readings and the time that the light was extinguished on the morning of the 15th. The log also described the recent strong storms and winds that they were experiencing. However, there were no other reports of bad weather during that time. So... Were these storms just extremely localized or were they made up by the keepers who were reportedly having a tough time as it was? Like everything else in this case, that's super strange. There were reports of other logs made by Thomas Marshall that described the storms being so strong that the men were praying for their safety. The reports also claim that Thomas Marshall wrote how quiet James Ducat had been in previous days and that Donald MacArthur had been seen crying so morale was reportedly pretty low and then the final entry said quote storm over see calm god is over all end quote these reports of logs have been scrutinized in the past claiming they aren't authentic though in his report to the Northern Lighthouse Board, Captain Jim Harvey detailed, quote, "...poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. Nothing appears touched at East Landing to show that they were taken from there. On West Side, it is somewhat different. We had an old box halfway up the railway for holding West Landing mooring ropes and tackle, and it has gone." End quote. Robert Muirhead, the Lighthouse Board Superintendent, had personally recruited the three missing men, and so he traveled to the Flannan Isles to conduct his own investigation. With how isolated the islands were, the lightkeepers would have essentially been on their own to fend for themselves. But there was one man who was tasked with keeping an eye on the Lighthouse from afar. His name was Roderick McKenzie. He was a gamekeeper, and he was paid eight pounds per year to watch for communications from the lighthouse. As part of his job, he was required to report any issues immediately by telegram. Lightkeepers would use poles with balls and discs on them, which they would place off of the balcony of the lighthouse to signal that they needed help. James DuCat had previously requested that a test be performed to see how long it would take for someone to notice a signal from the lighthouse and respond. But this was never completed. Now, Roderick would keep a log every night that detailed whether he could see the light from the lighthouse or not, as well as if he had seen any signals. After the disappearance of the lightkeepers, Roderick was interviewed and he claimed that he couldn't see the light from the lighthouse between December 7th and December 29th, except for on one occasion on December 12th. He said he found it strange that he didn't see the lighthouse for two weeks, but he reportedly didn't tell anyone of his concerns until the lighthouse board came to him. Like, sir, that's your job. The lightkeepers James Ducat, Donald MacArthur, and Thomas Marshall were never seen again and their bodies were never found. Robert Muirhead ultimately ruled the disappearance of the lightkeepers an accident. In his official report, Muirhead stated that two of the lightkeepers had traveled to the West Landing around dinner time on December 15th. They were planning to secure ropes and the supply box when a large wave hit the island and swept the men away. Then, when the third lightkeeper came to assist, he was also swept away. This would make sense because, as we remember, one of the men left behind their coat and oil skins as if they had rushed out in a hurry. Rogue waves and heavy winds were common in the area. Some damage had previously been reported, so this is definitely plausible. A rogue sea wave is the most common theory in this story, but let's get into the others. Because, ultimately, that's all we're left with in this case. Wild theories and speculation. Some of the most wild theories involve alien abductions, sea serpents, and even mermen called sprites living in the sea near the islands. Other stories of a large seabird carrying the men away have come up as well. And one story that has developed over time is that when Joseph Moore entered the lighthouse, he noticed three blackbirds perched on the lighthouse who flew away as he entered. And some say these birds were the three light keepers who had been transformed into blackbirds. We love a good far fetched theory. One of the other theories involves the possibility that the isolation of the island and the lifestyle these light keepers lived had caused one of the men to experience a psychological episode. Morale had been low amongst the light keepers, they'd been reportedly quieter than normal and feeling down. So did something happen that caused one of them to snap? Many people believe it's possible that a fight broke out and one of the men murdered the others before throwing them into the sea and then taking his life by jumping in after them. There was no evidence of violence on the island or inside the lighthouse, though. No signs of a scuffle. So this seems a little bit less likely to me. Some people believe it's possible the men just decided to leave their lives and never return. Lightkeepers continued to look after the lighthouse until 1970 when it was fully automated. What happened to James Ducat, Donald MacArthur, and Thomas Marshall is still unknown over 120 years later. And that is the story of the Flannan Isles Lighthouse Mystery. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'd love to hear what you thought and what you think happened to these three light keepers. The sources for today's episode will be listed on the blog post for the episode at thehauntedcorner.com. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to share your support, head on over to Patreon. You'll have access to the exclusive Patreon-only episodes early and ad-free access to episodes, plus so much more. Head over to patreon.com forward slash The Haunted Corner to join now. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to tell a friend and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps the show. If you have a case suggestion or a a correction to share, or you want to tell me a story that you... (laughs) that you have, if you have a connection to true crime or a paranormal experience that you want to tell me, I'd love to share that on the show. So send it over to the haunted corner at gmail.com or submit it through the website until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, and we'll see you soon. Bye.